I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The world we inhabit is not as free, or certain, or safe as you might think. The things that you believe to be unassailably evident are little more than shadows dancing behind a curtain. A masquerade, crafted, and dutifully upheld by an organization known as the Foundation. The file you are about to hear contains containment procedures, descriptions, testing logs, historical and in some cases first-hand accounts of the anomalous objects the Foundation serves to secure, contain, and protect. Its contents have been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Item number 6918, Level 1, Unrestricted. Containment Class, Neutralized. Special Containment Procedures. As SCP-6918 was discovered post-neutralization, it does not require direct containment. While staff are advised to be on the lookout for similar events, no other occurrences of the precise phenomena of the anomaly have been discovered. Disinformation regarding the disappearance of Harley Warren is to be disseminated under the standard cover story for persons of interest, St. Agnes's Outsider. Analysis of the subject's remains has not revealed any anomalous qualities. Though anomalous circumstances led to the subject's death, the method by which Warren died was not anomalous. The autopsy did not find anything out of the ordinary for victims of non-anomalous drowning. As such, the subject's remains and belongings, Sands Journal, have been returned to the subject's family for burial. The precise location of the subject's burial site near Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina, has been recorded for Foundation archives should the need arise for disinterment and further analysis. Description SCP-6918 refers to a personal, reiterative temporal anomaly affecting Harley Warren between the dates of 19 September 1989 and 22 February 1990. The temporal anomaly is believed to have spontaneously ceased moments prior to or immediately following Warren's death perhaps as a direct result of it. The precise nature of the anomaly is currently unknown. No individuals with whom Warren had contact during the events described in his journals seem to have been affected by the anomaly. Further research is required to determine the cause of the anomaly. Research into other missing persons cases in the area has not yielded evidence of similar temporal phenomena, but investigation into the matter is still ongoing. Addendum 1 journal entries. The following entries are transcribed from a journal found on Harley Warren's corpse. Prolonged exposure to seawater has rendered almost all of the journals unreadable. Through use of the sculptor Hypnos AI, several of the journal entries have been successfully reconstructed. As the precise cause of the anomaly's activation remains unknown, lead researcher Dr. Yue has elected to include all successfully recreated entries yielded by sculptor Hypnos regardless of perceived relevance, in the hopes that some information about the anomaly's nature may be gleaned from them. 
Entry 1, Day 12. For future reference, I'm just guessing how many days it's been. I can't say I even know how many times it took me to realize what was happening. It's kind of terrifying to think that I could have repeated the same day countless times without realizing it. It's not like I haven't seen movies or TV shows where this happens. I always assumed I would have figured it out by the second or third time, but I guess I'm not as clever as I give myself credit for. Sure, everything seems the same, but going into the same job, doing the same work, and having the same basic conversations in passing with people isn't really that far out of the ordinary, is it? Honestly, the more terrifying thought is that this isn't a time loop. My life is just that boring. I'm finally being driven insane by it and becoming paranoid. Even walks on the beach to clear my head don't really do as much as I thought. I've never really done enough self-reflection to notice the habits I've fallen into. My therapist suggested I should keep a journal about this feeling. Obviously, she thinks it's just in my head. Probably is. At least this will prove to me that I'm just imagining things. Give me some private validation. Or at least just let me vent. Entry 4, Day 15 I've been keeping this journal in my pocket every time I go to bed at the end of the day just to be certain. Yesterday, well, the previous today, I guess, I wanted to test something. I wrote out an entry in a separate journal and then left that on my bedside table. It was gone when I woke up. I have to keep this journal on me, otherwise I'll lose all record of what's happening. And the thought of that is kind of horrifying, to be honest. This feels like my only tether to reality in a way. If I don't have this to reassure myself it's real... I'll probably go back to thinking I'm just insane and paranoid. Well, no. Maybe I wouldn't go crazy without it. Honestly, I'd probably go back to thinking every day was normal for a few days and then come back around to realizing I'm in a loop. I can't say it feels like a waking nightmare being in a loop or anything. It feels fairly normal, really. I've lived the same day countless times before I got stuck in this loop. I've let myself slip into routines, spending every day the same as the last one. I guess I'm only really aware of that in hindsight because I'm living the exact same day over and over again. Kind of been letting my life slip past me, haven't I? 34 now? I have to take a moment to remember that. I stopped paying attention to the years rushing past me. Sure, I've reflected a few times on all my friends getting married, having kids, but it's not like I ever wanted that for myself. I don't think I'd be that great of a parent and too short-tempered. I don't think I could deal with all the screaming and crying. After hearing all my friends talk about not getting sleep for months on end and seeing just how chaotic their lives are, I can't say the idea of having a kid ever really appealed to me. This is kind of making me rethink that. Waking up to have everything the same as when I went to bed isn't really new. That's how my life always was. If I don't change something, it won't be different, at least in my apartment. Maybe I should get a dog once life's back to normal. Bring some kind of variety to my day. Less difficult than having a kid, but keep things from being the same every day. Entry 7, Day 18. I've managed to convince my therapist I'm not crazy. Sure, I'll have to do it every single time I see her, but it's nice to have someone to confide in. Her middle name is Gloria. When she was in high school, she'd bring a metal water bottle with milk in it during tests because it felt soothing to her. 
That's the information she gave me yesterday. It still feels wrong to call it like the previous day or stuff like that to convince her. Does she have that planned? Has she had to use that information before or something? Maybe she just made it up on the spot. Maybe she's just trying to reassure me. Then again, it's not like lying to me would make her a good therapist, would it? Is it better for her to try and help me feel accepted or to not feed into what she might think are delusions? Maybe I should look stuff up about therapy tomorrow so I can figure out if she's being honest with me. Even if she doesn't actually believe me, there's not really anything bad that'll happen if I tell her whatever crazy things I'm thinking. Not like she'll remember them next time I see her. I just came to the realization I can use my therapist for therapy, didn't I? God, I'm such a moron sometimes. Entry 8, Day 19 I keep thinking about dogs ever since offhandedly mentioning one a few days ago. I can't really go and adopt one. If it requires some kind of background check or anything that keeps it from being a single-day process, there'd be no way for me to even get a dog unless I'm out of the loop. Even if I did, it'd probably just be in the pound again as soon as I woke up the next day. There's a bit of a solution I found. See, adopting a dog from the pound might be out of the question, but that doesn't mean I can't go look at him. I can spend time with every dog up for adoption until I find the one that's perfect. Even if it won't remember me when I'm out of the loop, it's not like it'll be that different. Dogs just kind of love people innately, right? So I don't think it'll be difficult for the dog to get just as attached to me as I'll be to it. Thinking about it's kind of exciting. I'll definitely take it with me on my beach walks. I bet it'll love that. I don't know if it'll want to go in the water, but it's not like I do either. We can just stare out at the sea together. That'll be good enough. Well, a dog would probably be a better swimmer than me. Dogs kind of seem to innately know how to swim, but people need to be taught. I guess learning how to swim is another thing I could do while I'm stuck in this loop. I could find a pool to practice in. If I make a fool out of myself and I need to be rescued by the lifeguard, nobody will know what happened when I wake up the next day. It's kind of reassuring to know I can't embarrass myself that bad while I'm stuck in this loop. Entry 12, Day 23 I tried out what my therapist suggested yesterday. I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but I guess it would be kind of hard for the pound employees to give every dog the exercise they need. Sure enough, they seemed pretty happy to let me take one of the dogs for a walk. The dog I walked today was named Gus. He's a former racing greyhound. He's pretty shy, but he seems like a sweetheart. He seemed to hate having sand between his paws, though. As soon as we set foot on the beach, he started picking up his feet way more when he walked like he was trying to keep him from touching the sand as much as possible. And at least he didn't really stop me from holding his paws to clean him off. There's something comforting about being at the beach with a dog. I'm kind of alone right now, since nobody else seems to know about the loop besides me. At least not as far as I know. Looking out into the ocean, though, hearing the waves lapping at the shore, seeing Gus's tail wagging away, I think it's going to be all right. We'll make it through this together. Entry 21, Day 38 I let myself slip into a routine, taking Gus out for a walk on the beach in the evenings. I forgot to write in my journal a few times because of it, since I normally write my entries while I was at the beach. I hope my estimate of how many days passed is accurate. I don't really have a way of checking. I have to remember to write something each day before I go to bed, even if it's just a single sentence. I don't have any other way of marking the days if I don't. Gus still does this funny little high step when we first get to the sand, so I can tell he's not getting any more used to it. 
Still, he can't really show confusion when I act familiar towards him. He's just as happy to see me every time. Maybe it's a greyhound thing. Maybe it's because he's stuck in a pretty small pen. I don't know. Whatever the reason, when I ask him if he wants to go for a walk, he starts spinning in circles as fast as he can. It's honestly hilarious. Super endearing, too. I've done this pretty much every time I've seen him, but I haven't gotten tired of it. I said I'd try spending time with different dogs to find the right one, but kind of fell in love with Gus right away, didn't I? I've taken him for a walk every time. He's really calm, maybe just because he's shy, but it makes him seem that much more comforting for me. There's a feeling of kinship, at least on my end. We're both going through stress. Hell, I bet he feels just as stuck in a routine as I do. Every day in the pound is the same for him. Once I'm free from whatever's going on, I'll adopt him. Entry 99, Day 122 I keep talking about what I'll do when I'm free from whatever's going on, but I've only recently started to realize I have no idea if I'll ever get free at all. I don't know why this started. After all, it's not like I can do anything to figure it out since nobody else even knows this is happening. Even if I lash out and yell at it, hit somebody at work, nothing comes from it. I get written up, sure, but nobody remembers it the next morning when I come in. The previous version of the day never happened for them, after all. In every movie or story I've seen about this sort of thing, there's some kind of inciting incident for it all, isn't there? Someone's been making some kind of mistake they need to rectify for their life to return to normal. I've thought about it for a while, but I can't figure out anything of the sort here. My life's just too boring for that. I don't have any huge mistakes to fix or a relationship to repair. Everything's just average. My parents are fine. We've got a good relationship. I don't have any particular friendships with my coworkers, but they're all as disinterested in me as I've been with them. I think they forget about me the second they're off work, really. Besides the time loop making them forget, I mean, it's not like I haven't tried probing them to see if there might be something I hadn't picked up on. Pretty sure there's nothing underlying in my relationships with my coworkers that I hadn't noticed before. People are only confused when I show interest in getting to know them or spending time outside of work. I've tried everyone I interact with at work, and none of them seem to regard me as anything more than somebody they pass by every day. Then again, that's kind of how I always thought of them, isn't it? Hope I figure something out soon. Entry 110, day 141. I've let a few weeks go by without bringing Gus to the beach with me. I think that might be part of why I've been feeling more and more down about this whole loop business. Maybe it's because I've been feeling more down that I haven't bothered to bring him with me. I don't really feel like reflecting on things right now. I've been forgetting to even bother writing entries lately. Can't bring myself to write more. Guess I'll just leave things off here. Maybe bringing Gus to the beach tomorrow will help me gather the energy to really think about what's going on. Entry 111, day 142. I wish I hadn't brought Gus with me. For whatever reason, he bolted as soon as we were on the beach. He's never reacted that way before. He completely tore the leash out of my hand and ran off into the waves. I couldn't really go after him, even if I wanted to. I'd probably drown if I tried to swim out in the ocean at all, even when the waves are more tame. I lost sight of him. No matter how loud I called, I couldn't get him to come back. I stayed until the sunset, but he never showed back up. I couldn't find paw prints in the sand anywhere. He just vanished. It's well past midnight. I don't know if I already looped back into the same day or not. I tried to sleep, but I'm just worried sick about him. 
I have a sinking feeling that letting myself stay up all night might break the loop and Gus will really just be gone. It's not like I haven't tried pulling an all-nighter before. Never worked. I always fell asleep at some point and woke up with my alarm the same morning. What if this is the one time it's different? Entry 112, day 143. I must have dozed off at some point. I don't know when. It was definitely sometime after 5 a.m. I remember still being awake then. Considering my alarm goes off at 6.30, I probably didn't get much sleep at all. I don't really feel like it, though. I feel just as well-rested today as I have any other morning. It's 8 a.m. now. I'm going to be late for work, but I don't care. It won't matter. I need to go to the shelter and see Gus first. Entry 113, day 143, evening. Gus wasn't there. They don't have any record of him ever having been at the shelter. The people working there looked at me like I was crazy when I asked about him. They said they never had a racing greyhound in their care. It's the only time anything's been different in these loops. Why isn't he here? What did I do wrong? Did something happen to him? I mean, I guess I know what probably happened, but I don't want to write it. I feel like putting it into words would make that possibility all the more real. I can't accept that it could be the case. I guess there's a way to test it, but do I have the heart to do it? Entry 120, day 149. I let myself run over a squirrel this morning on the way to work. I figured it'd be a good test to figure out if something gets removed from the loop when they die. In retrospect, it was an awful thing to do. I killed a squirrel for no reason. I know it's dead. I saw the vultures hanging out by it when I was driving home this evening. I couldn't see the body, but it was in the exact spot where I ran over the squirrel. It's just not likely enough that some other animal would have died in the same spot. I haven't seen any other roadkill pop up except the deer I pass on the highway every morning. That one's always there. So it had to have been the one I hit. I'd rather an animal die to test this than a person, but I have no way of knowing if that particular squirrel disappears or not. There's only one place I know of I can test to see if a specific animal shows back up after it dies. It'd be pretty easy. If it works, nobody would know what happened. Nobody would know whatever dog I picked ever existed. If it doesn't work, the dog will still be there. Nobody would remember I did that the previous loop. Dogs are just going to be put down anyway so the pound doesn't get overcrowded. I feel awful just for riding this. I don't think I could bring myself to hurt an animal intentionally. I think I'm going to stop writing here. I don't want to keep giving voice to these kinds of thoughts. Entry 124, day 153. Try going to the pound again today. Not for anything nefarious, I just wanted to try walking a different dog to get my mind off of things. I didn't end up taking a dog out. I felt horrible just being in there. The people there might not know me, but I feel like the dogs do. The way they looked at me was so sad. It's like they're mourning, or maybe they know I thought about hurting them. I couldn't do it. I wasn't there to hurt them, but I couldn't bring myself to even take one for a walk. I'm too worried those thoughts of hurting them will come back. I keep hoping I'll see paw prints on the beach. I keep hoping Gus will show back up. He hasn't, but I feel like I'm less alone when I'm here. If nothing else, I can remember the nicer walks Gus and I had. Maybe he's the one I feel watching me. Entry 125, day 154. 
I couldn't even bring myself to walk past the doors of the pound today. Just thinking about it made me feel sick. I didn't go to the therapy appointment either. It's been a while since I did, honestly. I don't want to talk about these thoughts I've been having. I know she won't remember, but just thinking about discussing it makes me want to curl up and wait for the day to be over. I don't think I have it in me to hurt a living thing on purpose, even to figure out if it'll free him or me from this loop. Since just thinking about it fills me with so much guilt, I can only imagine how I feel just trying to do it, let alone actually going through with it. Entry 126, Day 155 I might not be able to hurt another living thing on purpose to test my theory. There is one thing I think I could hurt, without feeling bad. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll rent a fishing boat to take out into the ocean, see if I can't find Gus out there. I think he wants me to come out into the open sea. I think that's what he was trying to tell me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you like what you hear, follow the link in the description to patreon.com slash SCP Unredacted and help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. You can get access to production logs, merchandise, recognition, and even a part in a skip. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply dash creative dash people or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.